welcome to the Naked Podcaster. Get ready to hear stories of someone brave enough to bear it all. Your past doesn't define you, but it does lead you on a path to today. Let's get naked. Hello, welcome to the Naked Podcaster. I'm so excited because this is a coaching call with Lynn Lindbergh of Couch to Active, couchtoactive.com. And, uh, <laughs> you know, there's some people that you're on your podcast with that become like virtual friends. And you mm-hmm. and I have connected a whole bunch of times about completely different things like podcast, st- just lots of stuff. stuff. Lots stuff. of stuff. It's been great. So, yes. And if you find value from the podcast, those of us who do podcasts, and Lynn, you have two. Mm-hmm. podcast that you run we yep. love it when you give a rating leave a review subscribe make comment we love it so please yes. do that if you Definitely. find value in this tell me all about couchtoactive.com and the podcast and everything absolutely absolutely well jen first of all thank you for having me on the show and um i it's funny because i feel uh, a little funny here uh, so fully dressed all the way up to a you know, <laughs> scarf all the way up my neck and everything but i'll brawl with it you know it's okay, all good. okay okay <laughs> uh yeah so couch to active everything is couch to active t-o active so it's podcast a book that's won um six book awards and actually just got announced that the 40 plus fitness podcast, which is one of the top iTunes, excuse me, Apple podcast podcasts, uh, named it as one of the top 10 health and fitness books. Um, I know, I know. That is amazing. It it was really exciting. And it was, uh, he was, he listed it as number five out of 10, but it's health and fitness. So number four, three, two, one are, arthritis, inflammation, anti-inflammatory diet, food sanity. So uh, it really came out as the number one uh, fitness book in his list, which was so exciting. Yeah, uh, I'm so proud of you. Thank you. Yes, thank that's you. awesome. Okay. Yeah. And then uh, the podcast, Couch to Active, is five minutes a day, five days a week now. And okay. yep. And uh, it has its own app too. So you can go to your app store and uh, download that. And then you can just uh, get inspired to get moving every day. So uh, and really, couch to active is is not the bikini body. We're not mm-hmm. about, um, you know, six pack sweaty abs or any of that. It's, it's that concept of we know we want to exercise more. We know we need to exercise more. Gosh darn it! Um, <laughs> it's just too bad. Sedentary lifestyle isn't the the way to go. Uh, but just getting there and getting it done is the hard part. Yeah. And uh, so that's what Couch to Active does: is it helps people figure out that disconnect between knowing you need to move more and actually getting it done in a way that you actually like your life better and rather than in a way that makes you dread an hour of your day so i love that and you know what like i've been the stay-at-home mom i've been the mom that went back to work corporate i've been the entrepreneur that launched my own business yeah and it doesn't matter what your situation is it's difficult yeah yeah, oh, yeah, it's difficult. And you know you feel better. You know you sleep better. I mean, statistically, I don't think most – I think most people would be aware of some of the statistics of exercising other than weight. I'm not talking about weight. Yep. Nope, not weight. Mm-hmm. Just like endorphins, dopamine. All of that. Yeah. And, and the thing, though, is even though we know in our head mm-hmm. that you feel better, you'll be better, you'll live longer, yada, yada, yada. Right. Kn- I was like, okay, we know that. We know that. Um, our, 
biologically and just evolutionary wise, we are programmed to conserve energy. So no matter what, that's why even elite athletes will say, the couch is my biggest competitor. And you think, yeah, right, sure, you Olympian, you know. <laughs> um, it, it really it really is. It's just biologically how we're, how we're predisposed. So, uh, and the fitness industry brainwashing, I like to call it FIB, fitness industry brainwashing, or I like to think of it as fitness industry bullshit. Um, yes. Yeah, is... It, it it's everything that they can sell you that so it's gym memberships it's personal trainers it's protein powders it's mm -hmm. the latest greatest whatever, whatever. That they can sell you that's i know and that's what you hear about and in and of himself those things aren't wrong but if the only thing you're hearing is things to open up your wallet it's it, it's disheartening because it just it's just not the way you want to be thinking because most of the best exercise out there is free. So. It's true. I can I can I throw out? So I've been fit and active my whole life. Yeah, and I love exercise. I'm on a running team, and I know what I want to improve, and I yeah. know the information's out there, but it is overwhelming and inundating to find it. And I, I've had a fitness trainer. I was going to become a fitness trainer. I did fitness competitions on the stage for a couple awesome. of years. Awesome. It was fun. I mean, like my ass, you could bounce a quarter off my ass, right? But I wasn't, <laughs> I didn't feel my best. Ah, uh, yeah. Right? I, it was, it was just, the, the stage was fine. Um, there was no issue with that. I loved how my body looked. Mm -hmm. But Absolutely. I I know how I felt then, and it, it wasn't healthy Yeah, the way I yeah. felt. And I'm not talking emotionally. Like emotionally, mm -hmm. that I'm pretty secure, which mm -hmm. is rare for women. But mm -hmm. like physically, I felt like shit. Yeah. I just felt terrible. And it was so expensive. It's so hard to maintain. And... I was really glad that I did it, and then I had no problem just not doing it. And yeah. I was winning, but yeah. I, I, I didn't care. Yeah, yeah. Well, and, that, and that's the thing is it's that concept of you get to live the life you want to live. Mm -hmm. And so if the life you want to live is I want that discipline of a bodybuilder and the podium finish brings me so much joy that the yeah it outweighs all the negatives of feeling cruddy and you choose that's what you want it's your life you get to choose what you right do, you know yeah and but for most of us we just don't want to feel bad i mean we're 70 percent of us for ages 40 and above have a chronic health issue <gasps> you're kidding me uh-huh and 40 percent of us age 40 and above in the United States. I know, I, I when I heard it, 40% of us have more than two chronic health issues. And I didn't believe it when I heard that stat. And I had to look it up and find it in more than one reputable source. And gosh darn it. Oh my God. Yeah. So no wonder why all the health and fitness programs out there that are pretty much designed for when life is going well it doesn't work for us because we just we just know it's just unobtainium really yeah <laughs> and it's yeah. it just becomes disheartening and and we we just know it's just going to be this constant uphill uphill battle and i try to be funny and humorous i mean i i don't even call myself the president or founder of the company i call myself the bad couch guru cuz you know i just want <laughs> i just want to have fun with it yeah. but gosh darn it it is a tough topic that really mm -hmm. 
pokes a lot of sensitive areas for people and suppose so I've done my really, really best to to help people feel empowered, to help mm-hmm. people break out and see exercise and movement in a whole new light and to help bust through all the stereotypes of who does what kind of exercise so then you can decide what kind of life you want and get exercise to fit in in a way that works for you and your goals. So, Which is a great, I think we tend to look at it backwards mm-hmm. from that. So... Yeah, I I hated the way I felt, so I just quit it. And I was on a running team also. Loved it. Loved the camaraderie. Loved the people. Yeah. Loved the, like, you map out the route. I just to show up and run it. I do awesome. not like doing that stuff, right? So I learned a lot about myself. But I hit a point where in a lot of coaching is in, in running was faster, faster, faster. You want a PR. You yep. want to do better, okay? Mm-hmm. It was a, a different mm-hmm. sort of PR, which yep. is personal record, yeah. in the on stage. But still oh, the yeah. same thing. You're pushing, pushing, pushing to do better. You want lower body fat. You want to be faster. You want. Mm-hmm. And I hit a point on that team where I was like, I'm not elite and I will never be. Mm-hmm. And I'm not going pro and I'm mm-hmm. never going to. Mm-hmm. And I am totally okay with that. So mm-hmm. why the hell should I be doing something in a way that brings me no more joy? I used exactly. to love running and I hit the point where I didn't. And right about that where I was like, I am freaking miserable. I was diagnosed with exercise-induced asthma, and I broke my foot and was in a boot for six months. Oh, my god! I was like, good, because I need a break. Yeah. And I hated it. I, I mean, I the yeah. boot, I rocked the boot. But, you know, I hated <laughs> I being sedentary. Did. Yeah, yeah. I, but I, and I was angry about lots of stuff. But mostly I was angry because I felt like I allowed a coach on a team that was supposed to be empowering and fun to rob me of my joy. I allowed that to happen. And I think a yeah. lot of people are pushed, pushed, pushed by the trainer, by the whatever, Oh yeah. Right? Yeah. Oh, they they absolutely are and it's still insidious. I mean, even just last week, mm. uh the be- the biggest loser TV show came back <gasps> on on NBC. Okay, I, I saw something about that this morning. I was going to ask you about that. What yeah. happened? It says nothing's changed. The little thing just said they're back nothing. on and nothing's changed. <laughs> was all I heard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I did watch I did watch the first episode. Um Okay. And it was it was pretty painful to watch. I mean, I have a lot of empathy and heart and um, respect for anybody who's doing any kind of exercise, anything, and trying. Right. And so I don't want to say anything that's uh, negative or bad about even the contestants or in, in, people or anybody who's been inspired by it. Uh, but it is still, a, it, they say they're not 100% scale weight focused, but they are. And uh, the one thing that is different this time is they have a whole section on your mind. And mm-hmm. I loved it because they put everybody, you know, this was after the whole gym, after people are puking in buckets because they're working so hard and getting yelled at and running laps and doing push-ups, which somebody who's 300 pounds and hasn't worked out forever should never do a push-up on day one. Like yeah. you're so injury prone. But anyhow, so they, they go into the area that's the mind and it's a room full of couches and it's a zen room and uh bob harper who is the host of this year's show yep okay um bob harper said that this is the most important work you're gonna do and i was like yes Yes. i'm so excited and they're sitting on couches i'm like yes i love it and then he's like all right so first let's go through all of your bmis body mass index and i was like yep no No, 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 no. Mind, mind. You're back to body and you're right. So there. Yeah. So and and again, it's just the first show and they can't show everything. Right. 
Um, but then, and then they talk about no joke, no joke. They're showing a workout and somebody's like, I don't want to be skinny. And the trainer says, You're, it's not about being skinny. It's, you know, it's about being healthy. And literally almost the next line, somebody else said, okay, time to go to the scales, you know, and then they do the big yeah. weigh in at the end. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and they're, you know, the folks who had the most weight lost is, I mean, they don't talk about anything about when you start eating healthy, you lose inflammation, which is weight loss. You lose water weight, which is weight loss. Right. You look, you know, and, and if you lose, you know, too much, too fast, there's a whole host of, you know, so they're still encouraging and cheering on the people who lose the most. And the one woman who probably lost, she lost about 2% of her body um, in one week, which is amazing. It was like 10 pounds or something, um, right. which is still uh incredible uh she got i, I want to say booted off the island but she <laughs> she was <laughs> <laughs> <Bachelor> in paradise <laughs> yeah exactly yeah. Okay. yeah she was dismissed and i was like oh my gosh she is the only one who probably did the most healthy thing and like now she's gone right so um yeah yeah not a fan not a fan and because no. we do we still we still we it's just that mentality that we got to work ourselves out of yeah, and I'm so glad we talked about this because there. And but I want to make another point, and I'm doing mm-hmm. this as partially devil's advocate, Please. partially because it drives me crazy. So I have a daughter who's just turning 28. We're in mm-hmm. 2020. Okay, she mm-hmm. turns 28. Beautiful body. She's in great shape. She was getting her bachelor's degree. She got her bachelor's degree last year, and she was in college. And she's like, you know, body positivity started out as this great thing. She's on the University of Nevada, Reno campus. Okay. She's at a university campus. So she's seeing kids in that age bracket. All right. Yeah. And she's like, it started out as this great thing to empower you to like embrace the size that you are and the person you are. But she's like, it's given, especially women, Mm -hmm. the license to wear clothes that are too short, too revealing, too, okay. And who are actually considered, they're very heavy, even obese. Mm Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That wasn't, that makes me crazy because it's about being, it's about raising your confidence and self-esteem while you're yeah. making steps to be healthy. If you're yep. obese, you're not, he- you're not in a healthy body, especially at that age. So you wear a shirt, that, a skirt that's super short. And if anyone says anything to you about wearing an appropriate length skirt, Mm-hmm. Like we can see your panties and your ass is hanging out the bottom. Your your tits <laughs> are falling enough. out the top. Okay, like fair enough. <laughs> it's not appropriate. Period. It has nothing to do with weight, but the body positivity thing. It's considered shaming, and they will report you. If so you- now we've hit the other end of the spectrum, mm-hmm. where something that was such a great thing to empower people to lose weight and be healthy, but still be secure has turned into this whole, you're bullying me, I'm being body shamed. No, you're being inappropriate and obnoxious and you're taking this in a totally different direction than intended. You know, it, it's it's a really interesting topic and I think you touch on a theme that I've seen happen in our culture in a lot of areas is where we we bring up a topic of inclusive in, inclusivity of anything and we'll use, you know, body positive here or it could be you know, Black Lives Matter, it could be, right. you know, anything, I, you know, I'm married to an old white guy, it could be that, you know, <laughs> could be, could be anything. And, and we, you take that, and then it gets, it's meant to bring people together. It's meant for people, the spirit of it is really good. It's meant to bring people together. 
and then it gets swung so far that in some ways it becomes even more divisive than ever. Mm-hmm. And and I think we're at a at a place in our culture just in general where we're doing a whole lot of that putting in caverns and chasms where there really is no evidence to show um, that are you know irregardless of how big or small you are probably shouldn't have your ass hanging out you know right in the middle period. of campus period and and it's not a matter of uh, a BMI or a weight thing at all um, right and uh, but then if it's made to be that then it then then we have an issue and and I think an, an even bigger thing is with the body positive movement, I, I think it really did come out of a, a good a good place of intention. And I think that uh, a lot of individuals don't don't actually see and realize how prevalent and insidious fat shaming is um, right. for it out there. And um, and I think it's really uh, important that we remember each human uh, when it comes to how 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 much fat you have on you or don't. We all have our own stories. We all have our own medical health issues. We all have our own microclimates of food that we were raised in. Yeah. And um, and we tend to blame the person way, way, way too quickly. Whether whether we perceive them as weighing too much or weighing too little, we tend oh, to my gosh. make and assumptions. Mm-hmm. You know, something that I've tried to teach all of my girls um, is that everything that you see, mm-hmm. everything you see is 100% airbrushed. Oh yeah. I mean Oh, absolutely. And all the all the perfection photos. Oh is my that what gosh. you're talking so about? Yeah. Anything. I mean anything yeah. in any magazine on TV, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It has been there is nothing natural. So you can take this beautiful woman or this very attractive man or whatever and have a photo session of them and then even though they're in great shape that they're modeling, right? Yep. They have these beautiful bodies, it's still not good enough. We're still airbrushing the hell out of them. Oh yeah. You will never attain what you see. Yep. Yep. And one one of the best things that happened for me when it came to my own body image is, um, well, one, I got older. So I looked at my old, <laughs> I looked at my photos of when I was 20. And I would picked myself apart. And I look at those. And I was like, damn, girl, you are hot. Like, why yeah. didn't you see <laughs> just five more pounds? Just yeah. five more pounds. Uh, and um, so that was one piece of it. But then also, uh, I've spent a tremendous amount of time with fitness influencers that I met online before I met them at conventions. And okay. my first one of the, I mean, it was like 200 fitness influencers. And then we would meet at this convention and my jaw dropped my first year. I was like, who are these people? Cause they aren't the ones on their profiles. Like oh. not even, I was amazed at how much better they looked online. Like really amazed. <laughs> Yep. And then and another thing that happened at about the same time was uh, I was teaching group fitness at multiple uh, gyms. And one of the gyms was uh, Pro Sports Club, which is a high-end gym in the Seattle area that actually trains a lot of individuals who, who go to the Olympics and actually win events and do the bodybuilding competitions. And I got to see these people and realize they just look like normal people too. And they, for the most part, and when you, they get onto the podium, as you know, there's weeks and weeks of of cutting you do, yep. and then dehydration you do before, yep. and then when you're done, you're like, okay, time to drink water and eat like crazy. Right. And 
and that was so that was good for me to see that because then it really became real of like okay not only are these photos airbrushed but i've seen it <laughs> yeah yeah there's a there's a youtuber i can i do not know her name but she mm -hmm. popped up accidentally and i was like oh i could get addicted to her it's like yeah it's sort of like reality tv she picks she does videos on like the top 10 fake instagrammers oh yes it's phenomenal and it's not that they're fake they're real people but they're uh. like you have brown eyes why are they blue on your instagram that sort of stuff oh that's awesome that and, is and she will she'll only do it if she has a hundred percent proof that the person's pictures that the portrayal of their instagram account does not look anything like we saw you at the red carpet and here's an untouched photo of you right here and uh -huh. here's the same picture sometimes that you posted online i love that i love that so she's on youtube she does like you will have to search it when yeah. we get to, because I I knew that it was happening and we have kids and we have adults that are following these Instagram things yep. like filters are one thing this is even beyond filters mm -hmm. um mm -hmm. I like filtering because it changes the light yeah but I but even that is not accurate to what that happened that moment you know oh. but we're not talking about that we're not talking about tweaking the light we're talking about changing the color of your eyes and how long yeah. your hair is and your ass yeah. like everything Exactly. So it, it's crazy. People need to just, I think once you're aware, you take it with a grain of salt. You do, like, oh you, my gosh, look at her. She's so beautiful. And I'm like, eh. Well, <laughs> is and she I, though? <laughs> and I think it's really, it's, it's really tough because even, even if you do all the work and you realize this isn't real, this isn't real, we are hit with it so much that the, our, our brain it, it really can't tell that it can't log and categorize this image is fake this image is real this no. image is photographed you know and and even this uh, fitness influencer convention we had petra colbert who came and spoke to us um who's a, a really big fit, fitness influencer which um i love she has a, a book out called the perfection detox okay and, yeah okay love it <laughs> fantastic and she actually pointed out uh instagram uh profiles that were not not only fake but they were actually cgi so <gasps> they're it yeah. makes me so mad yeah yeah i know we're like oh my gosh and when when instagram finds them they delete them so you know i wish i wish i could be like go and look they're fake you know yeah. um but yeah it does it just messes it messes with our minds it messes with our our self-esteem and right and it's 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 tough and another thing which is a whole nother topic uh, that I've been learning a lot about and researching about is we as a culture too have been very much um, brainwashed to believe that there's an absolute one-to-one -one correlation between our body mass and how much fat we have on us and how healthy we are. And there's been a, some massive load of research that's been coming out that's not sexy at all, that's actually showing that there is not a one-to-one -one correlation, that it's way more complex than that, yeah. and that you actually can have a significant amount be, be labeled obese, which I don't or morbidly obese, which I don't even like that term, and still be very healthy and have a a, a long a long life, a long healthy life. Mm -hmm. Um, and so, but it's really complex and, uh, Lindo, uh, Bacon, who wrote Health at Every Size, um, came out with this amazing groundbreaking book that just showed all the research behind it. She has another book coming out 
that's uh, but that's a big uphill battle because it is just it's not a sexy thing no. to talk about um, no. to say, especially when we've got you know diabetes epidemics and. I mean, just all of a sudden it gets complicated. You can't fit it in a tweet. And we're like, ah, fine. Back to the bikini photos. That's easier. (laughs) Well, there is a lot more that goes into it than just Mm -hmm. weight. And I know that. But my biggest concern when you see somebody who's, like you said, morbidly, that's very heavy, that Mm -hmm. looks unhealthy, Mm -hmm. and they have a list of medications that they have to take. And then, you know what I mean? Like, okay, so wait, stop. Because if there's a list of medications for health concerns, and then they all have side effects that are negative mm-hmm. back up now if you're yeah. a person that's heavier and you don't you don't have any health issues it doesn't it's it is exactly. a whole big loaded thing so yeah. we have okay. another 40 minutes and you're going to take me through coaching like i'm i'm your client now so take the <laughs> reins here Woo-hoo! i am <laughs> here you don't are. make me stand up because hey. i'm naked but yeah otherwise <laughs> <laughs> Awesome. <laughs> Great. Well, in, in Couch to Active, the the book, we go through, uh, we start with just some really easy uh, pieces. So if you and I had been working together a few weeks, you would have learned things about how, you know, exercise is really not negotiable. So let's, gosh darn it, figure this out okay. or, or make a decision that we're just going to live with the consequences, the health consequences and own it and live with it. Obviously, nobody wants to do that right 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 <laughs> and then and then we spend a couple of weeks we we look at uh, our social circles and how people we love in our lives can help support us and how we can really own our own life more and own our own health more and then we then we get a little deeper into a section that I call uh, breaking barriers and so we look at uh, what are all of the barriers that we have to something and we start working through how to break through those. Um, so if we just imagine we've been working together for a few weeks here, Jen. Yep. And you can either uh, do a goal of exercise, but you love to exercise. So this may not be the best goal for you. Yeah, I'm okay. sorry, guys. I'm sorry. Yeah. I'm one of those people. How <laughs> freaking annoying. Okay, but that's okay. Yeah. Um, that yeah, stuff but- changes. Yeah, exactly. So, so it would be great if you had. We could do that, and I could like really push you on that one, or, or something else, something else in your life that you just want to make a breakthrough on, or you want to do better, or you feel like you've been stuck on, or had trouble getting around that you're okay talking about on a podcast. Oh, uh, you know, I'm okay talking about anything. Um, uh, a breakthrough. Um, I have a. Cu- I'm going to throw out a couple, and then we'll okay. decide. Okay. Okay. Great. So the first one is I turned 50 in 2020, which mm-hmm. I. I'm excited. Like I like I haven't had a birthday party since I was probably five, and I'm having Aww. a birthday party. Like it's in December. I have no attachment to that except that when you're a kid, it seems really far away, and it's going to be awful because my parents were not healthy, so I didn't have yeah. a good example. But. I, and I only compare myself to myself, but I'm five foot nine, mm-hmm. blonde hair, blue eyed, was always a size like two or four, mm. modeled. Mm-hmm. And it is hard to let go of, like, one of the things that I hate that people say is that you look good for your age. For your age. Yeah. Why can't you just look good because you look good? Why does anything ha- And I'm like, you know, if you look at, again, that college campus, and I'll, I look good for, throw me with a bunch of 20-year-olds or a bunch of 30. I still look good. Mm-hmm. It, it shouldn't be attached to age, but I'm having a hard time sometimes 
wanting to maintain what I looked like when I was younger and that that's not really possible. So that's one thing. Okay. Great. great. And that's not a weight thing or a BMI or a body no, fat or, no. I mean, I know my numbers really well and where I feel where like healthy wise, I feel uh -huh. the most comfortable, not mm -hmm. what you should look like on the stage. Mm -hmm. um, the other thing is that I had a hysterectomy. Let's see. My son is 17. So I had a hysterectomy 16 years ago. Okay. In February. So okay. we're recording in February of yeah. 2020. So it's been exactly 16 years. So I lost twins at 19 weeks. Mm. I had a DNC. I couldn't stop hemorrhaging. They brought me in for a hysterectomy. I had the hysterectomy. It went really well until two and a half years, two and a half hours later. I looked at the nurse and I'm like, I don't feel well. And I remember she palpated my stomach and I passed out. And so both the arteries that held the uterus, they cauterized them and neither one took worked. So okay. the doctor said one was just kind of sputtering, but the other one was like pumping like a hose. So they opened me hip oh to my. hip. Now my hysterectomy was vaginal. They took my uterus and my cervix. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It needed to get done. In that regard, I have no regrets. Mm -hmm. um, I mean, I didn't like having the choice taken from me, but I had had fertility and female issues since I was 15 mm -hmm. and I was 33 mm -hmm. when I had the hysterectomy. I hadn't, I hadn't felt that good since I was 15. Mm -hmm. So after all the healing, but in that third surgery, you know, I had had a vaginal hysterectomy. They cut me hip to hip. They had the mm -hmm. machine on the table that sucks everything out of your insides mm -hmm. and runs it through the machine. I, yep. I know that that's a really bad thing when that happens. It yeah. took two and a half hours to stop my bleeding. My funeral was being planned in another room. Oh my God. I was dead on the table. I had five blood transfusions. Wow. It was really, really not a small wow. thing. Yeah. I have emotional issues from that scar. Not because uh -huh. the scar looks bad. But I'm, I don't know what they are. I don't know what my attachment is to that. Mm -hmm. um, the scars really... It, I mean, I remember coming out of the surgery and being like, oh my gosh, <laughs> I thought you took stuff yeah. out of me. You, yeah. you're, you look pregnant, you, you retain. I mean, I put on more weight after that than I did from a pregnancy because of all the water weight, all yep. the, yep. you know, it was like 20, 25 pounds in a pregnancy, 35 instantly. Yeah. I look yeah. bloated. I look like, if you look at it, there's a picture that I have. Um, and when people see this picture, they're like, you look like your soul is not present Wow! after that surgery. And wow. I think it probably wasn't entirely. Yeah. Yeah. So I have a, I have a lot of scar tissue. So I have, I don't have the, they took out all my intestines. They took out all my organs. Mm -hmm. I don't have the urge to go to the bathroom anymore. Mm -hmm. So it was like, they put me in a new body. Not wow. that it's a worse body or a better body, wow. just different. Yeah. So no urge to poop, no urge to pee. Wow. Um, if I go too long, if I'm drinking a lot of water and I go too long, I'll mm -hmm. feel like I have gas cramps. And I, it took me a while to realize that that's my bladder's way of telling me it's time to go to the bathroom. Gotcha. Painful. Yep. I have scar tissue on my intestines that mess it up. So I have pain quite often from that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I know I'm going to have to have another laparoscopic surgery. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it was due two years ago. Wow. To so just kind of go in there and figure out what's going on and clean things up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. From that really traumatic surgery. Yeah. And... But I'm emotional. I think here's a tough one. I lost mm -hmm. twins at 19 weeks. And when the doctor was saying, well, we're going to go in, we're going to try to save one. And I looked at him and said, I don't want them. Oh, mm -hmm. wow. It was my seventh pregnancy. I didn't think I'd ever be able to biologically have kids. I went through infertility. I had four <sighs> deliveries. And oh, my gosh. 
This was my seventh pregnancy. So I lost two prior to this. This was the wow. third pregnancy I lost. And like people are like, oh, that must have been such a hard miscarriage. Yeah. Physically, it was really hard. Emotionally, I was so done. I was yeah. so overwhelmed. Physically, I was done at the so time. I'm so sorry. Wow. And I didn't want those babies. Mm -hmm. So here we are 16 years later. Yeah. Emotionally, I feel guilt because I didn't want them. Mm -hmm. And I have this scar that I have this odd emotional attachment to, but I can't even pinpoint why. And mm -hmm. sex, I'm very sexual. I want to have sex every single day from 17 to 49. Like nothing's there. I don't care if I'm sick, I'm pregnant. It doesn't matter. I want to have sex every mm -hmm. single day. So I'm also one of those. Mm -hmm. I like, I should have been a dude. Mm -hmm. After the hysterectomy, <laughs> I would have been like the biggest narcissistic asshole as a man. I just can oh guarantee that. Oh my um, gosh. <laughs> but so I, I'm very, very sexual since mm -hmm. the surgery. And I really feel like this is not physical. It's emotional. Uh, I have a very difficult time having an orgasm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So now that I've verbally vomited. <laughs> Woo! Wow. So staying in shape for me partially is just who I am. And I love being active and I love exercising. And I love feeling good. I love mm -hmm. the endorphins. Yeah. It makes me happy. Part of it is vanity. I want to stay in shape. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, it's not really reclaiming youth, although I'm hard on myself because I looked good at 20 and it's not the same now. Yeah. And then I have all these odd attachments to that hysterectomy that are emotional. Yeah, and I want to yeah. have orgasms easier like I used to. I don't yeah, want yeah, it to yeah. be so damn hard. Yeah. Holy moly. Right? So. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. So I don't know what. We could take it in a million any direction that you would like. Well, you know what? We could. We. <laughs> You know, I'm well, first of all, I'm really th thankful for that you shared your story. Like, holy cow, that's a that's like a, in a way, no one's ever heard it, no one's ever heard this. Oh, wow, okay, good. That's a lot, and that's a lot, that's a lot for them to carry. And, uh, you know, I would say at this point, if you were if you were my client and we were talking, I would actually take the breaking barriers and I would actually set it aside and just give you more time to talk. Mm -hmm. um, about it and you know maybe even just ask yeah because I'm I'm not a therapist and I would right, have, right in the back of my mind I would be like hey let's let's see let's learn a little bit more about you know where you're at and I'd probably say ask uh you know what kind of what if what's been helpful to you so far like what what have you done so far or what are times when you have felt the best about uh, physically or emotionally uh, I would say emotionally. Um, yeah. I think um, the times I felt the best, actually, it's odd because it's been more difficult in some ways since the hysterectomy and the best it's ever been since yeah. the hysterectomy. I think overall, emotionally, I have felt much better since I was 33 moving forward, mm -hmm. knowing that I couldn't get pregnant, although it was tough that that choice was taken from me. Yep. Yep. Okay. Not that I wanted to have more kids or be pregnant yep. again. Yeah. 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 Because I did not. Yeah. Um, but emotionally, it was just, I mean, physically, I felt so much better. I wasn't mm -hmm. hemorrhaging. I was like, I could, I could yeah. get a, you don't realize how bad you feel until it's gone. Yeah. Until that issue is removed. Oh my right? gosh. So like, that is so true. Uh -huh. I was like, how have I been dealing with this for like 18 years? This, I, that was so much worse than I thought. Mm -hmm. So physically and emotionally, although there have been challenges physically and emotionally, I have felt the best. I, I, there's no stress about getting pregnant. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. That was huge. Mm -hmm. So there's no stress about having a cycle. 
mm-hmm. about what what are they going to try this time to make things get better? Like that's exhausting. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So I emotionally, I absolutely feel the best the mm-hmm. last fifteen years, and also I think going back to when you have unhealthy parents and our parents' generation was one of the most unhealthy generations that there mm-hmm. that there was. So being in your forties or whatever, when I looked at my parents in their forties, I was like, oh my god, you might as well be dead. Like like yeah. They, they're, t- they're so unhealthy. Mm-hmm. Well, then we have gotten here and it's been like, oh, it's not what I saw. So again, emotionally and physically feel mm-hmm. better than ever. Awesome. 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 Right? Yeah. So, so I actually feel better the older I get. Yeah. And then the birthday's coming up and that's, so tell me more about that. I saw a woman post last year in 2019 sometimes. Mm-hmm. She had a shirt that said 50 and fabulous. It was a black V-neck mm-hmm. shirt written in gold, right? And I was like, oh, that is awesome. And it was a, a picture that had been a couple of years old. And I reached out to her. I'm like, where did you get that shirt? And mm-hmm. just that's the mindset that not only do I want, but I really feel like I have. Because I want to present a different picture of what it feels like compared to what I saw that it uh-huh. was going to look and feel like, mm-hmm. right? Um, and I think also women kind of come into their own in their forties, mm-hmm. just in lots of different ways. We're not mm-hmm. afraid. We give zero fucks about what people think. <laughs> <laughs> Finally. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um, and so I think in all of those ways, so I decided this year when I turned 49 and I had seen that picture, I was like, I really, also, I haven't had a birthday party since I was under six yeah. when my parents got divorced. I yeah. do not remember a single birthday party. My birthday's yeah. December 15th, mm-hmm. right before, between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And yep. uh, I just never gave it much stock. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so for me, having a birthday is more like a celebration of like, this is what it can look like and mm-hmm. feel like for you. Mm-hmm. It's not a big, scary, awful thing. And women kind of come into their own. So seeing this woman representing like, yes, I love this. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I, it made me realize how important it is. I think that as we age, instead of trying to hold on to that 20 year old body, why not really, really super embrace how fabulous it is to be at those ages? Yeah. Yeah. There's also a picture of Helen Mirren, who I love mm-hmm. in a bikini at 64. Mm-hmm. I don't know what a perfect body is supposed to look like at any age exactly, but like Mm -hmm. she is owning it. She doesn't have a perfect body, but she's 64 years old. What the hell does that look like to you? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. And I saw it years ago. I don't know how long ago it was taken or it's been years. And I thought that I want to be in a bikini on the beach at 64 and freaking owning it. Awesome. So emotionally better now. Now is the time I feel now is emotionally better. Yeah. Yeah. What keeps you from owning the bikini today? Oh, I do. Well, I don't know. I say that and then I don't entirely because I really nitpick the hell out of myself still. Mm-hmm. Why? So like you say, you why? see, yeah, bitch, why I don't that? know why. Yeah. Pause. Let's, let's, let's dive okay. into that for a little okay. bit. Why, okay. Why are you? What's, what's, what's coming up for you when you nitpick yourself? Um, hmm. I loved how I looked. And I loved it while it was happening. I don't look back and say, oh, I shouldn't have been so hard on myself then. Mm-hmm. You looked great. Like I, I was secure and confident mm-hmm. and I loved that. And it's hard for it to look different 
and still feel the same way, I guess. Mm -hmm. And -hmm. maybe that is society without realizing it because there's, there are dimples now there. It's different. It Mm -hmm. just, it's, I'm so small. I still walk around naked. I still have, (laughs) I still want to have sex. I still Uh don't have confidence issues. I still dress like I want to dress all those things, but inside I, it's, it's harder to look the way you did back then. And I think it's more not about it being harder about letting some of that go. Mm-hmm. And what, and what's wrong with the dimples on someone else? Nothing. I think they're beautiful and awesome and totally natural on me. I'm harder on myself. So I don't know what is cause I don't examine what the issue is just that mm-hmm. I don't love that as much. Yeah. Because we all have stretch marks. We all have dimples. Like, we all, everybody. Yeah. But what is my problem? But I don't know. So, yeah, yeah. So dive dive into that one a little bit more. What is is it that makes stretch marks okay on someone else, but not you? See, my stretch marks don't bother me. I got those in high school when I grew. I'm just saying, no, I'm not, like, no. (laughs) (laughs) That lack of collagen or whatever, elastin, (laughs) whatever's Mm -hmm. happening in my butt cheeks. <laughs> Sorry, I love it. It's the thigh and butt cheek. You know I love what? your honesty and your candor. Yeah, I'm very, very oh, honest. You know, I got my stretch marks in high school because I shot up to five nine, and I actually have always been. It looks like a lion, like scraped across my back and hips, like my very upper butt, like lower back. Mm-hmm. And, mm-hmm. and I've always been like, that's because I got so damn tall so fast, and so boop. Yeah, yeah. As soon as I learned to embrace my height, which took a while. Mm-hmm. Then I was like, that's what I got from that. Yeah. So they're all good. So I know it's a mind thing. Um, why are, I don't know. I don't know if it's something where as great as, as much as I feel better now than I did in my twenties, I liked my ass more in my twenties. Mm-hmm. But I think the biggest issue is that my mom struggled with her weight a lot. I, and I know I've carried baggage from that. The smallest I ever remember her being when she went to Weight Watchers one time, she's so proud. I remember the, I could tell you the picture that was taken. I can picture the Aww. whole thing, uh-huh. how proud she was. I remember uh-huh. taking that picture of her and she was a size 12. Yeah. That just gives you a reference. It's just a yeah. reference. She looks yeah. great, yeah. actually. Aww. And she hated to cook, so she didn't. And food was very, very unhealthy. And she had some massive, she had a lot of issues with addiction to food mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and emotion. So I see in my mind, with my mom at least, mm-hmm. depression and food are like this vicious cycle of crying and stuffing your face with things that are unhealthy and gaining mm-hmm. weight and then punishing yourself. And I remember getting out of the house and thinking, I, I want to stop that cycle. So I learned to cook really healthy because no one had ever cooked. Mm-hmm. I. I didn't know what healthy eating was when I left home at 17. Yeah. So I had to figure that out. And that, that and I learned pretty quickly that's like 80% of the battle. Yeah. So I've done really well in that department. Um, but I think I'm afraid of her cycle in some way. So I see the dimples on my butt and they scream something about that. So if I had to dig mm-hmm. super deep and be very raw... Mm-hmm. I think it's those, it's the bit, little bit of baggage I carry from not wanting to become like her in that I've never suffered mm-hmm. from depression. I've never mm-hmm. had an eating disorder. 
or issue. Like I've never had, which is rare. Yeah. Yeah. But I still am terrified somehow. Little girl Jen is terrified of taking some of that on. So when I see that, I think like I cannot become. Wow. Like obsessed with it. Like my mom was depressed. Like my mom was, um, I just don't want to become like that. So this is the first time anyone's ever asked me or I've ever even associated it with that, which is interesting. It is really interesting. Oh my goodness. Woo. Okay. Let's take a breather. Okay. (laughs) (laughs) We're going to do some stretches. I know. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, I can tell you that I was always stressed about it and I wanted to change that cycle and I have, but I've never thought that there's still something, some nagging residual baggage about that growing up in that situation that I'm afraid of. Well, and and it's interesting that uh, you take the, that example of somebody in their sixties and say, when I'm there, I want to do that. When, you know, maybe the work is between, you know, here and your 50th to get, to get there. You know, even though you're, you, you, I mean, oh my gosh, you're rocking it. You're already 99% there. So, um, yeah, holy moly. So we hold on to stuff though. We carry this stuff with us without even real, cause I would have never told you that my issue right now had anything to do with my mom and growing up. There we go. Ever. I, I, Except yeah. that I just let it come out. Yeah. Why do the dimples? Like, I don't know why they actually, I don't know why they actually, <laughs> <laughs> Actually, we like might they have... shouldn't. I don't know. Nothing about this logically makes any sense. Even emotionally, it doesn't really make sense. Except, I think it's. Except it, it all makes sense. Except it all makes, it all makes perfect. Sense. It all makes perfect sense. Yeah. These guys. Wow. You're amazing. Shit. You're you're amazing, Jen. And I I'd say I don't even care if we have extra time. Like, <laughs> you're good. We don't need to dig any further today. <laughs> yeah, that was a tough one. You know what? thank God we met yeah, and did this coaching yeah. thing because I would have never realized that all these little pieces are me just being afraid of becoming my mom in a way that I really, really don't want to become my mom. Yeah. Oh, wow. Wow. And that's it. It's and little girl me in an adult body being like screaming. Yeah. And, and, and the, for the, for the, listeners assuming assuming you're you're okay posting this oh i'm posting well <laughs> okay, no this awesome. is a whole part of me doing this series Woo! yeah no you i have much much respect much respect uh really what what happened is is it all came from you the only thing i did was listen like mad and ask why that's all i did was like why this you okay. pushed me just a little bit <laughs> why that yeah why just, really why really <laughs> why just why and why that and that's it and so if somebody's at home thinking oh my gosh i'd love to work with lynn but i can't or i'd love to you know <laughs> blah, blah, just just do the five whys get yourself in a quiet room and be like why and then well why that and why that and yeah i think that Dang. minimizes coaching though because coaching takes a Correct. glimpse at your past but but moves forward because i could sit yeah. in a room and ask myself and because i have taken this opportunity to meet with you and for you to coach me when you hire a coach you're ready to be coached yes yes and so for people who are listening watching who are thinking oh my god lynn's so great she just had this massive breakthrough yes you did 
I know I have to do the work is with any coaching and work. The yeah. client has to do the work, but you have to direct them and be there to lean on. And because I feel safe, because it's you, yes, this is going out to everyone because I'm willing to put my <laughs> dimples You're on the awesome line. that way. Well, uh, <laughs> you know, it's all about bearing it all. I can't exactly. ask someone else to bear it all if I'm not willing to. So that's where there I'm coming go. from. That's the naked podcaster. Yeah, naked. exactly. Um, but from a coaching standpoint, you know, once you think I'm ready to do this, mm -hmm. don't yeah. minimize what you're doing because you, you asking the why's is different than me asking the why's to myself. That's you know what that that's really true, and it is it's hand, it's hand in hand because yeah. you're you're willing to do the work, you're willing to go there mm -hmm. when at any time you could just put up a wall and like you know it all comes to a halt. So yeah, it does. So people hiring a coach that and who want to get more healthy. Mm -hmm. For me, it's definitely emotional work, not physical work. And I know that for a lot of people, it's both. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it is. I, which is fine. We're all at different places. I mean, I exercise every day because I really love it. Also, mm -hmm. I have a dog who's 65 pounds <laughs> and really, really, really wants to walk every day. And That's I took good. on the responsibility of this dog, which means I'm at least walking the dog every day. And I was out the other day. It was like, a, I did a video. It was a like a blizzard in 30 mile an hour. It was terrible. Yeah, yeah. I did not want to go, but my dog's like, yeah, I'm all happy. Just look at your dog. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Totally. Look at your dog at kids exercising and there's joy in there to be found. You just have to figure it out. Exactly. Oh but my gosh. For me, it's all emotional work. Mm -hmm. So I have a question for you. Yeah. Do you in the book mm -hmm. or in your coaching program, so this is my thing. I don't, I haven't had a gym membership for a couple of years and I don't want one. And part of it's right. financial and part of it's just like, I wasn't, I'm not using it. I, it's just not yeah. worth it for me. Yep. Yep. Right? Mm -hmm. And so I do everything at home and yep. I, we're minimalists. So we continue to downsize and our goal is to, within a year, live in an RV. Awesome. Uh, right. And extreme and cool and super. That's limited space. Yeah. So do you do actual work out or send people to someplace that you like. So if I had to do, if I said, I want to work out every day and just do body weight exercises mm -hmm. and everything's online, but like, I'm just overwhelmed and I don't want to figure it out. Is that part of your coaching? Uh, yes, I can de definitely do that. The, fo okay. the focus is not that. The focus is more on figuring out what you love to do. Mm. And if you decide, you know, hey, what I love to do is be able to work from inside of my RV yeah. Um, <laughs> and because the weather might be cruddy outside and right. I have the ability to work inside my RV and I don't want to add a bunch of weight in my RV because I'm already thinking weight on everything, right? Right. Um, then yes, then definitely we can work together and come up with a plan of what would be exercises you would enjoy to do inside an RV. And just because I think it would be awful to do all my exercise inside of an <laughs> RV. <laughs> doesn't mean that it's not perfect for you. <laughs> right. And so I wanted to bring that up because that's such an extreme situation. I mean, our thought process on doing this is so different than mainstream, right? I mean, yeah. when you, whenever you get involved in anything, like when we bought a Jeep, I saw Jeeps everywhere. There weren't more Jeeps. I just noticed them. So like with anything, once I learned about minimalism and RVs and people, it's this huge community that it's you huge. never knew. It. Right. I just didn't oh, see it. There's an RV convention and thousands of people show up and I know. have it's their crazy. big old convention and they do exactly what, and they're, 
and they're not freaks. They're all really cool, normal people. Yeah, just right. So <laughs> I wanted to bring that up as an extreme thing because for people who are listening and watching and want to know kind of, because my issue has not been physical as much. Yeah, yeah. But then what if I had a gym membership or what if I wanted to only do things outside because the weather's almost always great. You could cater that. Exactly. And and that's actually the, the Couch to Active book itself. Mm -hmm. I That actually is essentially the, the core of the program all in the book. So the, the, okay. the program's eight weeks long, the book is designed in eight weeks long, and it's actually a work workbook type of book that oh. I work people through. And I was coaching folks, the book, the book was originally an online course, and then it was online course coaching. And then I was like, no, I wanna put this in a workbook format to just get a broader reach. And oh. so, yeah, so somebody could take the book, kind of look at it and think, oh, you know what? I actually might like to be coached through this or, or make sure I'm I'm doing it right or setting it up in, in the right space for my unique situation. And um, so that's that's what oh, that is. I had is. no idea that's how it happened. Okay, yeah. because so, I've looked online and I love getting things on Kindle. Oh, not yet. It's not. It's not yet. <laughs> but and, if it's a workbook, you wouldn't really want it to be. And that, and that's why, but I think okay. it might be on Kindle eventually pretty soon. Okay. And actually what surprised me is, uh, the, it's been a wonderful surprise, but the, uh, community of, um, visually impaired people, um, oh. like, yeah, um, that because they have so many limitations and what's normal for fitness doesn't work for them. Um, I had several that have come to me and I've worked with them. And so I'm debating between you know, whether a, a, I think a workbook big print might come out actually for visually impaired. Um, and then awesome. maybe audio, an audio version of it uh, may eventually be coming out too. To help. How incredible. It takes you in so many different directions, huh? I know it was, it was a big, big surprise, but it has just has resonated with the, the community where what's normal doesn't work. When you just gotta I'm so glad I asked you and you said that because I know living in an RV isn't normal. Like I yeah. wanted to, that's what I was trying to ask you. So, but that, that's a complete surprise. I mean, I wouldn't have ever gone visually impaired route. To see. Me neither. Me that's neither. so fantastic. No. <laughs> and when, and when she, I was working with her and she's like, when are you going to have an audio book? And I was like, oh, 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 I need to get that sooner than later. Don't I? Yeah. 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 So. Okay, great. I, wanna, I, I like to wrap up the same way as my yes. normal podcast where we start with like love, shameless self-promotion and we end with tying that in. We already had like this massive, I'm, I'm probably going to cry when we hang up. Yay. Like, oh my gosh, that was my issue this whole time. It's going to help me. I can't even tell you. Yay. Oh my gosh. You just you made my way. I can't even tell you. Aww. I mean, I would have never in a million years. Yes. <sighs> I'd still like to figure out why I can't have orgasms easier, but that's maybe a different podcast. That's another one we may or may not record. <laughs> <laughs> well. <laughs> maybe later and I will show up in a bikini Ooh, that one. Okay. I mean, cleavage <laughs> helps. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> so what else? I mean, there's no, there's, for you, there's no... Because when I finish up a podcast, I'm usually kind of like, what's your ideal client? Or, But, I mean, you're – so I wanted to ask you how out of normal you were. I knew you weren't uh, normal. Yep, yep. And you're no. way not normal. Like, you can help people in really odd situations, yeah. like visually impaired and living in an RV. Yep. Anywhere in between there. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So it's – tell me the mindset of the person that would come to you then. That's a, that's a great, great thing. A, a person who – 
believes it can be done mm -hmm. and is committed to knowing they want to feel better and be healthier, but it hasn't been able to make that breakthrough and wants to. Mm. That's it. It's really just that, that desire to make it happen and, um, uh, but feeling stuck. I that would be it. just that truly that simple. And wow, it, and, and that's a lot. That is a lot. <laughs> that is a lot. But um, yeah, that would do it. What about your, the, I know one of the podcasts you do with your husband. Yeah. The old white guy. Yeah. The, yep. Yep. <laughs> I'm just glad I got an opportunity to say it. Um, and then you do the Couch to Active podcast. Do you have guests on your podcast? I do. My, my Couch to Active one, I recently, it, it was originally at your typical podcast that were long. And then later I, I changed it to the five minute, five days a week format uh, because I learned that I had about 300 topics I wanted to talk about that are mm. basically just the 101, you know, how to start swimming, how to, what's the difference between hot yoga and chair yoga and, oh. you know, regular yoga and mindset and, you know, self-talk and body and blah, blah, blah. I mean, just goes on and on. And, and then there's this new thing called faster size. Like, what? Oh, what? Yeah, exactly. So I brought on the founder of Faster Size. I'm like, you got five minutes, you know. Um, <laughs> so we have, yeah, yeah, total. And then, oh, oh, and then the, the guy, I don't know if you saw on the news, uh, he made global news for getting locked in his gym one night. Um, it was I a, didn't see it, but we need to look that up. Oh, my gosh. It was a couple, couple weeks ago. He got locked in his gym at a 24-hour fitness and posted selfies of himself and it literally made national news it was so hilarious so i called him and i'm like dude i really need the dude who got locked in his gym on the couch active podcast <laughs> so anyhow we we just try to have a lot of fun with it just to keep it top of mind right um, the, the Lindbergh's podcast is my husband and i and mostly interview format where we really talk about uh, our theme is second chances in life and because our whole lives are second chance stories um, he has a really interesting legacy with his grandfather being the son of or his grandfather being Charles Lindbergh the aviator who flew from New York I to Paris about that. yeah okay and, I remember reading that yep yep so there's some interesting um, interesting history there and um, and HBO has a new series coming out in about six weeks called the plot against America okay. where they uh, envision a an alternate history where Charles Lindbergh became president but he happens to be a xenophobic anti-semite fascist and he persecutes Jews so we're like holy crap why did somebody you oh, know no. do that but we're we're taking we're taking the high road and we're saying you know what we have so much division in our country we know this is fiction let's keep our eye on where we need to come together as a country and we're using our platform as a way to deepen the dialogue and how we can come together as a country more wow. um, so it's been a real um surprisingly um powerful thing that has been dropped in our lap so that's the Lindbergh's podcast <laughs> Yay. Yeah. So we have everything in the show notes. People can reach out to you. You are awesome at coaching. Oh, thank you. I was so excited to be on. And I was even like, well, I exercise all the time. What are we going to talk about? This will be fun. Yeah. <laughs> you never know. Then the two by four hits you. <laughs> well, Jen, okay. you, you are brave. You are awesome. I, I It's just such an honor to, to do this with you today. Oh, my goodness. Thank you. And um, yeah, I am so glad we have uh, met also. So yay. Ah.